Okay. Eight o'clock-ish. Arizona, it's like, uh, it was 107 today. Cooled off to 100. And we got a breeze, a warm breeze coming in. I've done a few dips in the pool. And, uh, but I just, I did a little um, soaking him up. He's, he's got long hair right now, so he's he's got a lot of water on his back, which probably feels good as he shakes himself. He looks real lively. And, uh, yeah, he should feel a lot of cooling effect on his body, so that's a good thing. I don't know, I forgot where my, whoop, what's this leash going? So he's excited. We're out. This should give him some good cooling for 15 minutes or so. And yeah, that's all we need to do. So I, it's a little bit windy. It's like uh, 14 miles per hour, according to the uh, app on the phone. And that means the voice could be muffled. I got some feedback from a listener that was muffled the other day. Switch to these earbuds, back to these earbuds. I think they're better. And um, so here we are. So um, Thursday night, it, it's uh, next Wednesday is 4th of July. It used to be kind of companies would either take like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off. It's like holidays are really in short supply in the U.S. of A. But that's probably what's nice about a lot of people being entrepreneurs, starting their own businesses. Um, just a lot of this work from home. Hey, 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 hi. Oh, there's a, oh bud. We got a little, another bud, another doggy out here. Okay. Come on. So, yeah. So when you have your own business, you're uh, an entrepreneur, you know, people say you're working there all the time, which is probably true. But I, I don't know, this week, I, when I did an MBA um, courses, there was a guest speaker and she came in and she said something. She's like, never forget or never, yeah, never confuse effort with results. So she was kind of commenting that she really didn't care if someone stayed in the office till eight at night. That didn't impress her. You know, if someone got results that they were looking for and six hours a day and was out playing golf the rest of the time, she'd rather have that person. And that, it's kind of hard to relate to that when you're early 40s, maybe late 30s, and you're working at a corporation or what have you, or mid-30s. It's hard to relate to that because you're thinking, well, you know, you gotta, this is the way it works, you know, work hard 60 hours a week, stuff like that. And there's a lot of truth to that. But um, hopefully we all reach the point where we really have something to add value and figure out a way to do that in a reasonable amount of uh, effort. And um, again, it comes down to like, well, who's putting value on, on what, right? Like my mother-in-law's here. She's from the 1950s. You know, so there's work, 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 work hard, work hard, and you get paid so much per hour. Today, there's a lot more pay for performance, pay for results, and that's great if you can, you know, and then it makes things a little bit more efficient too because instead of people just looking at the clock and just um, putting in their time, so to speak, they're trying to figure out, well, I, these are the results I need to get, so how do I get them? You know, so 
there's also a lot of creativity in that too, which is fun. So I don't know, it's, is it anything different than it used to be? Man, eh, maybe not, but there's so many ways now for people to start their own businesses, be entrepreneurial, do things. And it's just kind of interesting. And I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but I'm coming up on my ketchup birthday, I call it. Heinz 57, so I'll be 57. Heinz ketchup. My uh, birthday, a week from Saturday. What else? What else? So I was thinking about, I was playing a little Alinus Morissette while I was sitting by the pool. And I looked and says, wow, that album came out in 1995. Has the song Ironic on it. The song I really like right now is You Learn. I've been thinking about that one the last year or so, two years. You know, we just learn, and then you make mistakes, and you learn and move forward. Um, but, yeah, 1995, and then it brings back a memory of <laughs> Berlin, Germany, in the office of BMW Rolls-Royce. BMW Rolls-Royce, a 10-year experiment that worked real well, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I'm proud proud to have served my five years there very good work and uh, so and maybe a little deep work I don't know was it deep it sure was deep in sarcasm and bullshit that's for sure I did some deep work there that's a shout out to those of you who are fans I think the book's called deep work it looks interesting I did take a look at it on Amazon this is me man I drift from one thing to another man I'm, I'll get back to Berlin in a second but Amazon, I look at a lot of Kindle books. They, the really, even really good books are like $9.99. This, this dude's holding his at like 15 bucks. You know what? Five more bucks, big deal. But it's just kind of like, dude, come on. Makes me want to buy a used hardback. I can get a used hardback for 13 So, come on, man. Kindle? Are you kidding me? 15 bucks for a Kindle version? Ah, Hi, here's some cute kids on the bikes. So did you guys go out for a walk and decide to bring your bikes with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're walking their bikes. So yeah, so deep work. I, I'll probably look at that book. I probably need it because I'm, geez, I'm the, I have a challenge focusing. Or I do deep focusing on a moment for like micro nanoseconds. <laughs> that's, that's my deep work, baby. I deep work in five nanoseconds. Boop. And then speed is good. Of course, that's one of my little sarcasm things about the 40 days of purpose. Rick Warren, purpose-driven life, 40 days of purpose. So... Mine is with the Holy Spirit. You just got four, 40 nanoseconds of purpose. Just boom. Decide, get back in the game. And it's not a game. Get back in the spirit. That's, I shouldn't say the game. And that's inspired by my bud, John Orberg, who doesn't. He's my bud, but I'm not his bud. But um, yeah, so yeah, live in the moment. This is the moment I'm walking bud. And let's get back to Berlin. So on the line, it's Morissette. So Danny Fitzpatrick, I'll use his name because he's, he's a 
he's not a citizen of the United States in this podcast, <laughs> is originating out of the United States. So Danny can't come after me legally, at least I hope not. But I, Danny's a good guy. It's not that I don't like Danny, so I'm not going to say anything disparaging. But uh, he, he, well, one thing is he doesn't think teachers should have guns. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm not against it. <laughs> Anyways, that's a Facebook uh, posting thing we did. Anyways, Danny comes in the office one day in 1990. It must have been 95, 96. Berlin, he's like, Hey, Mark, isn't it ironic, don't you think? <laughs> and apparently that song, Ironic, was like quite a big hit. I mean, I remember it back then, 95. But, you know, and again, it gets into the cultural thing, right? So we're in Berlin. They do play a lot of American music, and you do hear it. But I think Danny is also back and forth to the U.K. a lot. And... Um, you know, that's his home and things, and it's easier to go from Berlin to England for extended periods and do that, uh, the coincidental business trip on a Friday <laughs> to Birmingham. Oh, I'm going to go visit that supplier in Birmingham on Thursday. I'm just going to stay the weekend in England. Your home, of course, right? So that was a little more difficult for me to do. To justify. Plus, I didn't. My home was Berlin, anyways. I, I was fully engaged, to fully committed, to the German way of life. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't pulling business trip scams, except for to watch the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. That was a pretty good one. So I guess I was guilty too. We're all guilty. Everybody's guilty. So. Um, yeah, that was the other Kevin Dexter. Kevin Dexter. Yeah, we went to visit a company in outside of Chicago, and I said, "Hey, can you get us some some football tickets for the Bears?" And I manipulated it for the the weekend that the Packers were playing because that's my team, and I love seeing the Packers beat the Bears. And sure enough, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, number four Hall of Famer, beats the uh, the Bears pretty soundly. Must have been 90, probably 95, 96 as well. Good times, good times, Brett Favre. And uh, so what else? Uh, my podcast Parallel Universe gal, writing coach, she's podcasting. And it would look so easy, I'm just like, Let's do it. She's encouraging me to do it. And she actually listens. I don't know. She's So there we go. So I feel like conversations through podcasting. She's very professional about hers. She's more, I don't know if it's, you know, it's her brand is coming out. I'm still, my brand is not refined. But that's where I got the deep work comment from was she has a book of a list of excellent books and and podcasts that's on her journey. She's like three or four years, maybe more, into her journey of her own business, which is great. And I'm receiving the benefits of her business. I'm getting value from the services she offers, which is how to write a book. You know, I you know, I had this 
this uh, desire or belief around disappointment in the church, organized religion, and uh, I still participate. I'm not angry exactly about like whatever. I mean, I uh, they need to change, you know. So, or would, I, they don't need to. I mean, my spiritual beliefs is they don't. Sure, no, they don't need to change. But if they if they did change, some better results would happen. So you know, and I'm not. Again, they don't listen. Then no one wants to really listen to me or sit down and just hash out ideas. But so I guess I just got to write the book and get my ideas out there and see what happens. So I kind of like that. I'm being encouraged to do that. And buddy, Arizona Schnoodle Walks is going on right now. And we're walking down the pathway. But she had a good list of books, and I always like list of lists of books of good books. And I know she makes good, great selections, and you know she's boiled it down to like the really good ones. So that's a good one. And uh, yeah, so and Gary Vanderchuk is on there. He's kind of a he's a social media sensation and done a lot. Of, I, I I checked the book. I think it was January this year it came out. So so uh, she's. Uh, really current even deep work is 2017 so that's a reason so although she's a writer and she's coaching writers she reads books that's a good stage to be in get a lot of input and when you try to write something then you really appreciate other people's writings probably too and it's all good stuff and um, she's cool you know she doesn't seem like a Warren Buffett type <laughs> which I think she she may not become like multi-billionaire stuff but so far she's on a good track because I think she's adding value to the world right so whether you become as wealthy as Warren Buffett is I don't think it really matters so let's just add value and I don't, I, I don't, know, I don't know what value Warren Buffett really adds dude I mean it's certainly Maybe, you know, if he buys, what does he buy, C's candy or didn't buy C candy? I don't know what. It's a chocolate company. I mean, maybe he made a ton of money because he bought C's candy. Maybe he, you know, maybe C candy, C's candy, maybe there's a thousand employees that are still employed because Warren Buffett invested in it. I don't know. And maybe we all enjoy C's candy because we're eating chocolate and it tastes good. But can somebody else do chocolate? Yeah, but whatever. I don't want to go there. So that's that so my confession would be I just didn't know until I mean I didn't know most of us probably don't know when we're like 25 what are we going to do it's a journey and so um, grace is a lot of it I'm, I'm thinking about grace I, I got to get results in my job back to the one of the earlier comments tonight was effort and results so I used to be like 100% effort man I have effort look at my effort effort you know you work hard people say yeah Mike works hard effort 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 but it's like I it's not that I don't want to get results sure I want to get results but when you're you know designing something doing some testing I mean your results are kind of limited like you can only you, you know you may test out a combustor or something for an engine and 
It's like, yep, yep, still working better than we thought it would, but it's like internal results, and it's important in the long run. But uh, uh, the one of the last com- one of the companies I worked at before, because the combustor was bad, some company made a crap load of money fixing them. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, the guys had made a crap load of money fixing a mistake by some other guys are really happy that they the guys made a mistake and didn't get good results. Anyways, that's philosophical. That's a kind of a deep thought too. I don't even know how to talk about that one much more because I don't know where it would go. So since I know I have one listener and one listener told me about her favorite like podcasts and different things and I was like, oh, that's interesting. She likes this guy. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I like that guy. She, she, so his name's John Oliver, British comedian, blah, blah, blah. Usually, like, I think 95% of his stuff is anti-conservative stuff. It's smart-ass stuff. And, you know, so he's a smart-ass, funny, ha-ha-ha. I, I can see his humor. But it's all slanted, you know. And that's that's one of the issues with politics, anyways. Is there's, you know, you can you can pick fine holes in whatever side you want. So coming up to a mailbox here, and buddies hearing some doggies. So yeah, John Oliver, John Oliver, pretty funny guy, pretty funny guy. I don't go out of my way to watch him. I will not go out of my way to watch him. But, and he's six foot tall, so this is what I was kind of slamming the guy. Because my favorite guy right now is Greg Gutfeld. Gutfeld, he's only five foot five, man. You gotta go small. Go small with your comedy. And Greg is quite funny. Probably a little bit more on the intellectual side. Not just the slapsticky, ha 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 stand-up comedian stuff like John Oliver is. But uh, John Oliver does a lot of, whenever he does political stuff, I'm usually, he, he takes a political side that I don't agree with, so that, that becomes less funny to me. <laughs> but if he wants to make fun of Hillary Clinton, that's fine. That's always good. But that's, that's almost too easy, right? So, anywho, Maybe I'm just losing. Maybe I'm losing my one and only podcast listener by by slamming her favorite comedian. But anyways, I'm sure I'm sure that's not the case. I think she's much more has much tougher skin than that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. John Oliver. I just recommend a little bit of Greg Gutfeld to balance it off. And uh, there you go. What else? What else is going on? We got uh, heat in the desert. It's what I looked this morning. It was supposed to be 115 next Friday, July 6th. So this is that time of year where we're kind of like, oh, man, those 115s, I haven't been here yet. They're going to come sometime. 115. One, it could be 118. These are like crazy temperatures. And then they just they just suck the suck the energy out of you so there's that 
What else? Oh, yeah, pretty important thought this morning I had about my own life. And uh, uh, I have an older sister, eight years older, that um, had, well, has schizophrenia. But I mean, it doesn't kind of show up until she was like 12. So I was like four years old and I had no clue what was going on. But I think I, I noticed, I look back on my early years from let's say six to 12 in that time frame, and my sister was going through a lot of crap and my parents probably didn't know how to handle it in the 60s and 70s. And it was like, I, I noticed, I, I, I must have, I'm sure I just wanted to hide that from people. And I just didn't want people to know that, you know, my sister was kind of freaked out. And, and, I, and I just didn't know how to deal with it very well. And I'm the youngest in the family. And the next closest sister was six years older. And, and she was so close to the other one in age. And she was already dealing with it. She knew how to deal with it or made up some way of dealing with stuff. But I was kind of left hanging there out there. And even when I was like 12 and my older sister's off and quote-unquote normal, normal sister. Who now I'm like, nobody's normal, right? Get the book. Everybody's, well, the, the book is everybody's normal until you get to know them. So John Ortberg, great book. So we're all quirky, we're all a bit weird. And uh, some of us just don't open our mouths. <laughs> some of us keep it to ourselves. <laughs> and that's sad in a way. So everybody do a podcast, go do a podcast. And uh, uh, then you won't keep it to yourself. So yeah, the, so I think growing up in like, not wanting to deal with that myself, my parents not wanting to deal with it, um, just not understanding that, and um, it's it has impact on people. And I, and that's part of one of my reasons with the organized church, which kind of ticks me off, is because so many pastors and teachers and leaders they they love like vision casting is the latest term for it it's like oh we got a vision cast you know we we're 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 200 people in this church 400 600 a thousand two thousand what's the vision let's cast the vision and it's like we're all different folks everybody has different background look at the distribution curve we're all over the place whatever characteristic you want to put on a distribution curve whether it's um really emotionally intelligent you know some people are really good at that some aren't I don't know just even social like wealth you know of course there's a distribution on that um, relationship how how well people are can relate to one another there's a whole distribution curve on that self-awareness is a great topic which you know that I, I don't know where I'm at in the spectrum of the distribution because sometimes I think I'm pretty self-aware and then other times I'm not. I don't think I am very self-aware. And then sometimes I'm like, the self-awareness thing is like, who cares? <laughs> so, 
but it's still about the love. So there's another characteristic. How much love does someone have? How much joy does someone have? How much peace? There's a distribution curve. So getting at the messengers from the pulpit give a message and, you know, wanting, desiring, trying to influence people to do something usually. But I'm not sure that's the calling. I think there's got to be a recognition that we all have different backgrounds and different histories and different experiences and God can work through whatever your background is and there needs to be like a more open teaching. Somehow, I, as I read these letters from Paul to all these churches and different groups, there's so often as he's praising them for their faith, they have faith. And very... I, I don't think I've ever gone into a church where the first words out of a pastor's mouth is like, I'm so glad you're here today because you're, you know, you're demonstrating your faith and commitment to the body of Christ and, you know, what faith you have for you know, praise God for the faith you have and that you have love for one another. And those are so often Paul's writings to the churches, even if they have issues or problems, he's still starts out with a encouraging word of, and he actually believes it. I mean, why would he write it if he didn't believe that these people had faith and they had love for one another? So that's where I don't see um, the churches I've been to. Maybe the listeners have found wonderful churches and I just need to drop these things, which brought me to a thought that it's the second time I've had this thought is like, man, have I been in a cult, you know? Have I, have I been in a cult this whole time? Or maybe I'm still dabbling with a cult, like a, a mild cult, let's call it. Just a very mild one. It's not, not a full-blown cult of like controlling people, like severely controlling them, but just kind of like in a mild cult-like fashion of these are our boundary markers, which is again something I picked up from John Hartberg. And the, you know, you could be in a church, and these are our boundary markers. And as long as you're within this boundary, you're part of our little family and group, and you're acceptable. And so you have boundary markers. So, yeah, and they're not spoken of. There's a lot of unspoken ones. There's yada 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 on the boundary markers but there's got to be freedom and, I, and as i read paul and, and so many pastors talk about like well you need to do your daily bible have a quiet time but nobody really uh, they just don't really give you a transparent view of it they just don't say show how to do it they just like sometimes they refer to well you should read henry blackaby's henry blackaby's devotional or somebody else's devotional it's like, no, guys, no guys, gals, no people. Do your own devotional. You can do it. Just read it. Pray. God is alive. This is, this is where spiritual growth is happening for me. And uh, as I mentioned that, I, my brain went to the Dunning-Kruger effect. Oh, that is so awesome. Dunning-Kruger. And I will give a little jab at my John Oliver thing, see? 
So John Oliver's over here cracking wise cracking jokes about American politics. See? But he's I, I say John. John boy has got a little bit of Dunning Kruger effect going on. And the Dunning Kruger effect is a Nobel prize winning psychologist uh, study about people and that when you give people a little bit of knowledge <laughs> this is so great you get a little bit of knowledge and you get overconfident and you think you know it all and you become overconfident and you don't really it's like you're the illusory superiority that's that's the term I read this morning and so John Oliver has illusory superiority on his political views. That's it. Bottom line. Why? Because he's British, dudes. He's freaking British. He doesn't understand America. We broke away from that freaking country. And, and the Brits just can't understand it. They're jealous. They don't like Americans deep down. They have a deep-seated deep disdain for America because we early on gave them the middle finger to get the F out of here. And I knew that if I start talking about too much British stuff, the F-bombs are just going to come rolling out of my mouth because those dudes dropped the F-bomb at like 10x American style. And I'm serious that they just F-bomb it all over. So yeah, the UK, the British, still kind of insecure about getting their assets kicked and uh, they just have to do one up on everybody but they get they still suck and 150 years later we're saving their ass from the Germans do they give us much respect hell no and so there they are you know it's cute they think they talk cute but I I heard uh, someone some, you know, like American women. It's people like differences, I think. So they say some American women are like, oh, I just love that British accent. That guy is so, such a hunk. He's so sexy. Hugh Grant, he's got the accent, right? So I couldn't believe this, but I found out that some of the British women love American accents. So there you go. Ha, ha, ha. It's just, it's just, it's just the difference. And the accent thing is hilarious. So there's a great show. Um, I think his name's Greg Glory, the actor, the British actor. He played a doctor called House, and the show was called House. Man, was he a head case. Hilarious guy. Loved the guy. But he did the whole show in American accent. So what does that tell me? It's like, you can lose that shit if you want to. And I can also pretend to be a frickin' British dude. So, yeah, a fantasy would be I could go do a British frickin' sitcom or whatever, or some British television show as a Brit, totally work on British accents and be like the Greg Laurie of, of America or something. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Talk about Fantasy Island. Fantasy Walking Bud. So I'm coming up to the end of the the end of the walk here. So did I cover everything about that? UK, 
stuff Dunning-Kruger effect. And that, that was what this woman did to me when after three days of being in Germany with me. It was like, oh, I, I think I can learn this German language real easy. In other words, you spend five years working on it, living in the country, fully immersed in it. And I wasn't, a, I wasn't like 90%, 80% of the way there, but I was well over 50%. And this chick's going to tell me that she's heard a few words and say, hey, my name is Michael, you know. And she's like, oh, this is easy. I can pick this up. That is pure Dunning-Kruger effect. A little bit of knowledge. Overconfident. Illusory. Superiority. <laughs> Watch out, people. And I know my one podcast, at least one of my podcast listeners gets that. Because she is not suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect because she knows she's got three or four or five years more in her building her business so she's doing it. it does take effort but also those results are coming in too so there you go so it's Thursday night um the tequila and, tequila and sunshine broadcast reminded us to look back in the week. So, and here comes Goldie. Goldie getting out for a late walk. The late night walk. Hey, be good. All right. All right. Okay. So Goldie's the next door neighbor dog. And uh, just a little bit smaller than Bud but probably about the same age. And so there you go. Dunning-Kruger effect. Google it, Wikipedia it. Don't have, don't suffer any illusory, illusory superiority with your friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw on, I'm going to see if I can throw on some uh, Alinus Morissette for the bumper music on the way out and uh, that will be it, friends let's uh, tune in again and the subscribe is working, so there you go bye bye